we clearly have a duty, in my opinion, to investigate what's happening here. And if ultimately it rises to the level of, of misbehavior in office that warrants us introducing articles of impeachment, it's worth us looking into that. There's a lot of folks that are asking us to do this. This is about trying to fix a problem in the city of Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the economic engine of the state. It's the sixth largest city in the country. It, it is clearly the important place and location within the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. By the way, did you know, what is impeachment? Welcome back to By the Way, Did You Know? And this week we're going to take a, a little bit of a different approach to the program and, and talk about one of the powers that the Constitution of Pennsylvania has provided to us, and that is the power to impeach. And it's something that is used kind of rarely in Pennsylvania. I know we hear a lot about it at the federal level in uh, some past presidential years, but the power of impeachment also is something that we have here in the state of Pennsylvania. In fact, it's the only way to remove any elected official in the state of Pennsylvania. So that could be everything from a school board member, the whole way up to a governor or Supreme Court justice. So everybody in the state uh, that is an elected official is subject to impeachment. We don't have recall elections like some other states do. In, in the state of Pennsylvania, the, the real mechanism to remove someone from office uh, because of them not carrying out their duty is impeachment. And with me today, I have one of my good friends here in Harrisburg, Tim O'Neill, who represents Washington County, and he is from the western part of the state. And he and I here are just going to have a conversation about impeachment. There's been some talk in the news of impeaching the district attorney in, in Philadelphia. So we thought it's probably a good idea to educate people of what impeachment is. So, Tim, thanks for being here. Absolutely, Torin. Pleasure to be here. So, Tim, you know, you and I have kind of gone down this journey with Representative Kale and Representative Neal in exploring impeachment. Tell us about what is impeachment. So you you really lied, laid it out. The Pennsylvania Constitution gives us the authority, that, and by us I mean the, the Pennsylvania House of Representatives, the, the authority to seek impeachment of any elected official throughout the Commonwealth. It, as you stated earlier, it's the only way to remove a sitting elected official. And it's a process. It's very similar to what we've seen in the federal the federal process here here recently. Uh, the House impeaches with a simple majority, so 102 votes to bring impeachment articles and, the, and then to pass the impeachment articles and send them to the Senate. From that point, the Senate conducts a trial where they will determine whether or not the official that has been impeached will be actually removed from office. That requires a two-thirds vote of the Pennsylvania Senate. So... Much like, like you said, the federal government's uh, mechanism for impeachment is much how we've replicated here in the state of Pennsylvania. Oh, maybe they, maybe, maybe the other way around. But, and, and it's key here is that under the state constitution, the governor and all other civil officers are, are subject to impeachment. So that pretty much includes everybody. And I know there's been some legislation in the past that that has been uh, ultimately overturned by the Supreme Court that we tried to fast track ways to in, uh, get rid of township officials or things like that. So even the Supreme Court has said, this is the way you get rid of every elected official in the state of Pennsylvania. So, Tim, talk about the process. So how do you get from, you know, so that's that kind of lays out the groundwork to get uh, the House votes to impeach, the Senate holds the trial. But what happens in between there? What's the, what's the procedure? So so the, the Constitution does not in detail outline any specific process for impeachment. But the, the process that has been used in the past is there there's some sort of 
investigative process, uh, whether that, you know, we currently have the select committee for crime and delinquency happening for the city of Philadelphia right now, that that is going through a fact-finding process. That's a step that's not required by, by any means under the law, but it is, it's the intent to use that process to develop actual articles of impeachment. So those articles are introduced as a resolution very similar to other resolutions that we introduce here in the House. Um, as you know, Torin, we introduce both bills and resolutions. Uh, resolutions are, are things that typically happen within just the House. Bills have to go to the Senate as well. Um, so the articles themselves are written as a resolution. Uh, they will go through the committee process. So traditionally, that's gone to the Judiciary Committee to consider articles of impeachment resolutions. Um, there is no requirement, though, that it goes to Judiciary. From there, assuming you have a successful vote out of committee, it, it would be reported to the floor for the whole House to consider. Again, I, I mentioned earlier, it, it's a simple majority. So 102 of our 203 members have to vote in the affirmative uh, for that resolution. And, and that, at that point, the impeachment has occurred and the, the elected official has actually been impeached. From there, the, the articles are sent to, the impeachment articles are sent to the Senate and the Senate conducts a trial. Uh, historically, that's been done a number of different ways. Um, you can do that, that most of the proceedings of the trial within a select committee, which I believe in the 90s, the, the last impeachment process we actually went through uh, is the way they did it. You could also do what, like what we saw in the federal government, which is where the whole Senate sits in the proceedings for uh, in all of the hearings in related to discovery and fact finding and, and the trial itself. Um, ultimately, you, you get to a vote. That vote, as I mentioned earlier, has to be a two thirds vote to actually remove the elected official that's been impeached. Yeah. And if I recall, much like we saw in the news uh, during some of the federal impeachments, uh, the House managers, there's the House actually presents the trial with outside counsel, with some help, obviously, uh, presents the trial or presents the case to the Senate for, for a vote. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, so just as you said, very similar to the federal process, there would be some uh, named House managers that that conduct the proceedings. Um, you know, you're. You're a lawyer. I'm. I'm not. So uh, I'll defer to you on exactly how that goes down. Um, Never tried to impeach me before. So right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but but yes, you are correct. That the House managers would be intricately involved in that proceeding in that trial in the Senate. So we've laid out the process now of how and the procedure basically of how impeachment works. What's the standard? So I know there's a lot of discussion out there of what is the standard for impeachment. So the last uh, successful impeachment happened in the 90s, as you referred to, Tim, uh, with a Supreme Court justice. And it, that was a pretty clear case uh, that, um, that, you know, the Supreme Court justice was clearly, you know, had, had committed a crime or com had done something that was definitely an impeachable offense. But what is the standard uh, that, that's set forth in the Constitution? Well, you, you bring up a, a, an excellent point, and that 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 Supreme Court justice um, it, it was pretty clear cut. And, and to be honest with you, historically, most of the cases of impeachment have been pretty pretty clear cut, where a, a literal criminal criminal offense has occurred, and um, it, it's pretty clear cut that you're going to remove remove the elected official. Uh, but that's not what the standard is. The standard does not require that that an elected official commit a, a, an actual criminal offense. The, the standard is misconduct in office. Mm -hmm. 
And the Constitution does not define misconduct. Um, and it's, it's left to the legislature through the impeachment process to determine with their votes on those articles of impeachment exactly what is misconduct and whether or not the conduct of any particular elected official reaches the level of misconduct in their minds. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the clear thing. And, and the House of Representatives under, under I mean, it's, it's explicit. It says the House of Representatives shall have the power, the sole power of impeachment. So the House of Representatives decides that standard of, of what is misbehavior in office, what is misconduct in office. Um, or infamous crime is another another uh, uh, area as well that you can be impeached for. So I think when we start, you know, turning to kind of the discussion of what's happening in the news today, and we look at what's happening in the city of Philadelphia, uh, there's a lot of conversations as to what is what's happening in the city of Philadelphia with the district attorney rise to that level, would you, and 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 whether or not. We have the authority uh, as the House of Representatives to decide uh, what is misbehavior in office. Well, we certainly have that authority. As you just read from the Constitution, it specifies that we and we alone, as a matter of fact, have that authority. Um, you, you know, it, turning towards Philadelphia and what's happening, uh, you know, the, the, the tragedy of what's happening in Philadelphia the, is, is really the situation of the day. You know, I, I personally believe from what I've seen out of this district attorney, uh, that it, it certainly it, it certainly warrants us asking the question of the whole house of whether or not it is it is misconduct, misbehavior in office. You know what we've seen is we've seen Larry Krasner actually he, a willful disregard of the law, and whether Larry Krasner likes it or not. There are only 203 members in the General Assembly and another 50 in the Senate that can change the law. Only the members of the General Assembly can, can introduce legislation to change the law, and Larry Krasner's job is to actually uphold the law and prosecute crime within the city of Philadelphia. There, there, of course, there's prosecutorial discretion, um, but that does not allow, that does not give him the authority to just dismiss laws and simply say he's not going to uphold those laws. Um, and that's what we're seeing in the city of Philadelphia. So is everything going on in, in Philadelphia Larry Krasner's fault? No, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that's the case, but I do think the crime spree that we're seeing across the city of Philadelphia is a direct result of Larry Krasner and his office uh, refusing to uphold the law and hold criminals accountable uh, for for laws that he disagrees with. And, and that's just simply not his role. Yeah. And look, the House is taking methodical steps here and and essentially doing due process bef before we even get to the trial aspect of this. And we introduce a select committee on crime. Uh, to investigate this, which uh, I, I'm, I sit on that, along with uh, Chairman John Lawrence, Wendy Thomas from the Southeast, and uh, Amen Brown and Denelia Burgos. Uh, so it's a bipartisan group where uh, we're investigating some of these claims and bringing in former, uh, you know, former employees, bringing in uh, community leaders and folk, victims of crime, and to take a, a broader look of what's happening in the city of Philadelphia so that, you know, if in fact we kind of trace this stuff back to things that are actually happening in Larry Krasner's office. And it, there are, in fact, misbehaviors that we can act upon that we can introduce articles of impeachment. 
Absolutely. And, and that's exactly what we're seeing. We here in the recent weeks, just just last week, we had a federal judge actually publicly reprimand in writing, in, in an opinion, publicly reprimand Larry Krasner in his office. So much so that the, the judge took the extraordinary step of requiring Larry Krasner himself to write a written apology to a victim's family that will be submitted and recorded in the record of the trial. That, that, that's an extraordinary step, and you know it better than I do, Torin, from, from your, your work prior to, to serving. Um, but that, it's, not, it's not something all that common that a judge does where they publicly recommend, reprimand uh, district attorneys. And it's important to know that this is the second time that he's been publicly recommend, uh, reprimanded by a judge, the, the first being uh, one of our Supreme Court justices uh, who tends to, to be on his side of the aisle as well. So uh, of how he handles his case and his, his uh, demeanor with the court. So, you know, there's there's folks on both sides of the aisle here that are definitely, kept, you know, raising some eyebrows of what's happening in the city of Philadelphia. And and a lot of a lot of people point fingers at Larry Krasner. Absolutely. And, you, and you've seen it from officials across the state. You know, here here recently, we're seeing it more and more from officials within the city of Philadelphia themselves. You know, one of the criticisms uh, of this process as it began was that, you know, Torin, you, you, myself, and Josh Kell were the ones leading the charge initially, and, and none of us are from the city of Philadelphia. Um, well, at the longer this goes, the more and more you see actual officials from the city of Philadelphia uh, publicly criticizing what's going on in the district attorney's office. Um, so so much recently, I believe, as Daniel O, uh, recently from city council member that, that that publicly condemned Larry Krasner and his actions. Um, we, we've, we've seen comments from Mayor Kenny, uh, maybe not directly naming Larry Krasner, but certainly implying that the district attorney's office wasn't doing their job. We've seen uh, former, former district attorney Seth Williams uh, very openly criticize what's going on. And, and, and statistically, we're seeing that the ineffectiveness of the office is occurring as well. Um, I recently saw the statistics that uh, Larry Krasner's district attorney office employs just as many lawyers as Seth Williams did, but they're prosecuting 50% less crime. And the, the conviction rate, I, I, I forget the number off my the top of my head, but the conviction rate has gone down as well. So just it, it, an all around underperformance with the same level of staff. There, there isn't any excuses coming out of the, the district attorney's office that are valid. What's important to note here through all of this in this conversation is that we clearly have a duty, in my opinion, to investigate what's happening here. And if ultimately it rises to the level of, of misbehavior in office that warrants us introducing articles of impeachment, well, I think it's worth us investigating that. It's worth us looking into that. There's a lot of folks that are asking us to do this. This isn't just in a vacuum. This isn't politically motivated. This is about trying to fix a problem in the city of Philadelphia. And I, I think that, that the select committee is trying to do that. And even they, they've run into some issues with uh, the district attorney himself with not responding to subpoenas and, and, and not uh, respond. And we held him in contempt with 162 vote uh, uh, two weeks ago. It's clear that that we have the power here. We need to use our legislative authority that is given to us by the Constitution to investigate this and perhaps the power of impeachment. It's, it's a separation of powers issue. Uh, the district attorney being the executive branch, his job is to enforce the laws, not make the laws. Uh, so I think part of our role here is to exert uh, some of our legislative power, our authority under the Constitution. A absolutely. And, you know, Philadelphia is the economic engine of the state. It's the sixth largest city in the country. It, it is clearly 
the important place and location within the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And we need to ensure that the city of Philadelphia actually lives up to its nickname, the, the city of brotherly love. Right now, it's the city of carjackings and muggings and drug open drug use. And that all of that, whether it's 100% uh, his responsibility or not, it, it, it's, it's not all his fault, but a lot of it has to do with the policies coming out of his, his office. Well, Tim, I you know I appreciate you being here and, and highlighting this. This is, like I said, a unique issue that we're kind of embarking on. I thought it was important that we at least had a conversation about it so folks know what impeachment even is uh, and understands the process a little bit better And as it starts kind of working its way through the news. And uh, I just want to thank you for what you're doing on, the, on that front, and, and we'll see where it ends here as we head towards the end of session. All right. Sounds good. Pleasure to be here. This has been, by the way, Did You Know? Tune in for all of my podcasts at repecker.com slash my podcast.